Welcome to Less Than or Equal, the podcast about pursuing equality and geekdom by celebrating the diverse and their accomplishments. Today, I am so happy to be joined by Khalif Adams. Khalif, welcome. Thank you so much for having me on. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing really well. It's a good, it's a good, we're taping on a Saturday. I'm excited. Uh, it's really nice out here in Portland today. It's not crazy terrible as far as how the weather is. So I'm, nice. I'm excited and excited to finally be chatting with you. So it's been a long time coming. I know. Well, we'll talk about that in a second. But Khalif, who are you? Let everybody know. I am 5'11". No, I'm just one. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm Khalif. Also married. Also married. Yeah, right. I'm, I'm also married. I'm a Virgo. <laughs> Uh, I like chai tea. Long walks uh, on the beach. Long walks on the beach. You, you have to do the default, right? Yes. Like, what would be your default dating profile? Anyway. <laughs> um, my name is Khalif. I run and co-host the Spawn on Me podcast. We are a podcast that spotlights people of color in the industry, in the gaming industry. Uh, we try to make sure that folks who are in marginalized sections of that industry have a place to go and talk about what the cool things they do. And, and we do that every week. Uh, usually dropping on Tuesdays uh, every week. But yeah, that's that's me. That's what I do. So it sounds sounds awfully familiar, kind of like what I do here. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. We, we are we are two sides of the same coin. I like it. Um, so why did you decide to start Spawn on Me? Um, in, in <laughs> the real, the super realist reason, and this is a thing that you'll notice since we're, since we're finally on, on cast together, I don't really hold my tongue about the things that I find to be really honest. So here's the really honest version of that is there is a gentleman who does a show. His name is hip hop gamer. And I was, was a person who was in his, um, I had followed some of his stuff for a while because I was interested in seeing what he did. and he totally was the opposite of who I was and what I wanted to see in the industry. <laughs> and I said, you know what? I think we need to do a show. I said, I think there has to be another version of both minority voices in the space and also versions of black men having conversations in the space besides just the fact that everyone else, um, you know, the, the, the industry is very, very white. It's very, very male. Um, having those voices out there, be the predominant ones. I said, there's got to be more space. There's got to be more conversations that need to be had. And maybe we can be the folks to kind of do that. Maybe we can be those folks to, to bring that out. Plus we're a little bit older and chronic crotchety. So there, there needs to be a crotchety <laughs> old man voice out in the world out there trying to talk about games. So that's mostly it. Uh, that's the biggest reason why we've kind of started Spawn on Me and, and started the things that we've been doing. So... <laughs> I like that you call yourself crotchety and old because we're about the same age. So I'm, like, I'm, I'm, I'm way more crotchety than you probably. <laughs> I will call the crotchety card on that one because I've All heard right. the conversations I've had with myself <laughs> and I'm like, damn, Kyle, you're crotchety. <laughs> it's so funny. I was having I had breakfast with a friend today and she was like, I don't like old people. And I was just like, <laughs> I just I just kind of sat there and I was like. I don't really know what to say. You you realize that if you're lucky, you're going to be an old person someday, right? Right. And and she was like, "Yeah, but I'm not going to like myself then." And I was like, "Okay, all right." You got to turn that front, turn that old frown upside down. <laughs> so, so I don't know what that makes her. If she's like the opposite of crotchety, or 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 if she's like preemptively crotchety, so she like like I don't even know. Like I, I I'm still processing that whole conversation. 
that's kind of a great thing though. She's like, she's already, she knows though. She knows, she knows the route in which she wants to go and she's working towards it. That's all. That's about goals. Yeah, that's true. That's, that's true. all about having goals. Yeah. She, she is, you, you talk about being honest, but I think, I don't know. She's the most honest person I have ever met. Like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Things that I would never say out loud. She tells me. So it's really, yeah. it's fun though. But anyway, so, um, so spot on me, you started like a little over a year ago, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? I think it was January of, of 2014. I believe. Yep. So you have quite a few episodes under your belt at this point and um, quite a few guests. Mm-hmm. So who have you talked to? Oh, my goodness. Uh, so, yeah, we started we first started out going biweekly. Um, it was a byproduct of our of our site. Um, we started I started that maybe three years ago, but. It never really took off and it's still kind of stagnant, but um, we started biweekly, then we went weekly. Uh, We've had some really kind of amazing folks to be on our show for a show that kind of came out of nowhere. Um, One of the funniest kind of stories actually was Cicero, who is my co-host, Cicero Holmes, uh, a.k.a. Stubby Stan. Um, He had we had a dream list. I said, hey, all right, we're we're starting a show. We decided that we're actually going to have guests on it. So who do you want? like name a person, throw it out into the universe, see if it comes out. And he said one of the people that he really wanted to talk to was a guy by the name of Dave Fenoy. So Dave Fenoy is a voiceover actor who is kind of more known for being the voice of Hulu. So whenever you see a Hulu video, you'll hear a voice that comes, this disembodied voice that comes out of nowhere. And that's him. So he's like the voice of Hulu. But he also was the lead character, Lee, in The Walking Dead games by Telltale. So he said, you know, I really want to talk to this guy. I said, you know, make it so, you know, go send out an email, see if it happens. And literally I'm at work and he's we're G chatting about it. And he says, all right, I sent the email, you know, cross my fingers. Hopefully it'll happen. Half an hour later, he sends me a text. He's like, I'm on the phone with Dave Fenoy. Oh, I said, you're on the phone with his people. He's like, no, I'm on the phone with Dave Fenoy. And I said, you're we did like Muppet hands. (laughs) <clears throat> and we did like the Muppet wave the hands really fast in the air thing. And I was like, oh, my God, I can't believe you're talking to Dave Fenoy. <laughs> so that's one. That's one. Uh, that was like our first show. Oh, wow. Yeah, we had we had you had him on. And I wish I could do that show over because now I actually know how to podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we had him on. We had um, we, had, we just recently had Lisa Brown on, who is uh, formerly of Insomniac Games. Um, we've had her on. She's doing her thing. Uh, she's gone indie. We had Sean Alexander Allen, who's making Treachery and Beatdown City, uh, an amazing, amazing dev out of New York. Um, he stands up a lot and has a lot of conversations about <clears throat> um, uh, representation in the industry as well. Uh, Evan Narciss from Kotaku, Adam Sessler, uh, formerly of G4 TV, uh, and some and some other folks. Uh, Daniel Kaiser. We've had a we've we've been super lucky, <clears throat> excuse me, to have so many really fun and interesting folks be on our show and it's it's the cool thing about it is we do those are bigger named folks but a lot of the folks that we've had on have just kind of started out and just started to get their legs under them as far as being devs in the space and the devs of color that we've had have been even even more awesome to kind of talk to we had tanya to pass on as well uh some months ago and uh, Trey, Andrea, Russ Worm. So we we trying to trying to like jump and hit all the parts of 
um, academia in in gaming and 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 even the the higher profile names of folks that you might have already heard, but we're still trying to get uh, some marginalized folks to kind of shine and have their wares shown in a, in a good good light because they don't really have a space for it yet so sorry that was totally just like hey <laughs> that was like a machine gun of name dropping that was awesome <laughs> that was great so before we started recording you and i were just kind of talking and uh, deciding what we wanted to talk about on the show today and mm-hmm. something that you and i both expressed was kind of a a, a dismay at how few people of color we've been able to find to come on our shows. Yeah. Um, how can we make that better? <laughs> it's interesting. Um, you know, we did talk a little bit about this before, before we caught on, before we started recording. And it, the hard thing that I'm finding now, and this is, uh, this to a certain extent, I have to take upon myself as a person who was not in the industry and and not, not, I wouldn't say an industry because, you know, there, there are veterans who have been there forever and folks who are deeply embedded in not only just the day to day parts of doing this, but also the embedded folks who are doing this as a, a as a career. So they they have all the resources to kind of find the people who they've been looking for and are in those circles intimately. Um, a lot of it is really just going out and asking other folks who know. Who are the people who you're talking to? Who are the people who you like in their work? What are they doing? Can you send can you send them to me? Can you let me know what they are? Can you introduce me? I've learned so much in the past, you know, half a year about people who I didn't even know were in the space doing really awesome stuff. And I think I think to a certain extent what we what we're trying to do on our show and and kind of our philosophy is we want to not just have the high profile named folks on our show. We want to be able to kind of look around and say, who are the folks who are making these things work? I would much rather talk to a person who is the the guy who animates a, a weapon, who is a person of color in, in whatever company or whatever dev, whatever dev house that's working there, because those are kind of attainable positions, right? You want, you want folks who are able to say, you know, hey, 12 year old, 13 year old uh, boy or girl, do you want to be able to do this when you grow up? And you say, hey, here's a person who is doing that already, who looks like you. You can do this. You don't have to be a person who is in front of camera or a person who is the the most charismatic to be the to be the person doing that. You can be a person in the trenches and still love what you're doing and make some awesome things happen. So I think for for us, that's the kind of spotlight. We don't we don't think of people who are doing what, quote unquote, the menial work would be as people who are not important. Those people are just as important to make a game. They're smart. They're Mm -hmm. making really interesting and hard things come to life. So, you know, when you think about developers, you think about all those parts combined. And that story is really interesting. And people don't talk about that often. So we're we're trying to make that happen. I love that. Um, I think that. I think that you and I share very similar podcasting philosophy about mm-hmm. like I'm here to talk to interesting people and and to to make it about what they can do, right? Mm-hmm. And what they are doing because I think it's so easy um when you have have a podcast where one of your primary focuses is on marginalization and how to make that better. 
I think it's Mm -hmm. so easy to get kind of steeped down into what's wrong. And part of what I really wanted to do was like, okay, let's lift people up and, and, and give them role, you know, give, give, give future game developers role models they can look at and, and that kind of thing. And, um, I really love the, the, (laughs) I like that we're simpatico on this because, (laughs) you know, I think it's so easy to, to just, to have a a podcast where you're like, all of this stuff is wrong. Like, right. Right. And you do it. You do an amazing job on, on, on your show. You've, you've been doing that for, for a bit and congrats to that. Cause you, we need, we need these voices in the space. Um, I think again, it's, it's really, it's really easy to go down the route of looking at all the things that are wrong. We do that often in the spaces that we're in. We do that on Twitter. Yep. I do that on Twitter and I'm trying to not do that on Twitter as much in social media, as much as, as possible, because there are good stories out there. One of the earliest stories that I covered, um, for a spawn point blog was, um, there was a make a game in a day session with black girls code. and and that was one of the most uplifting things I'd ever seen in my life. I'd gone there just to say, Hey, and hang out and kind of cover it for this, for the site. But I came away seeing girls who had never coded a thing in their life come out with, you know, 150,000 lines of code that day. Wow. You know, it was, it was amazing. They were using the uh, beta beta engine from the folks at, at beta, the robot. Um, but, and, and it was simple stuff. It was su- super simple games, but they were learning things that I wish I could have learned at that age. I would have changed my life. And if I was able to wrap my brain around that at such an early, early, uh, formative age. So there are lots of things that are happening in the space. We, as a, as a way to answer that question, cause I kind of skipped, skipped around it, but is we can all ask the people that know there are people on the internet who know things you don't know. The thing that the people who who have this knowledge have to do is be open to folks who may not look like them asking for for this information, because I hear that a lot, a lot often as well. It's like there's a there's a weird balance between feeling like people of color are supposed to teach non people of color things. And I think that there has to be a little bit of give on all sides, especially mm-hmm. the folks, uh, folks who know that knowledge and have that knowledge to say, you may not know this. If you're coming to me in a in a proper and reasonable way, let me share some of this knowledge so that we can all move to the next step. There's going to be missteps. There's going to be problems in the way that communication happens, especially on Twitter. But there has to be a, a, a way in which we can all have a language in which we can talk about the problems, but then get to some get to some small solutions. Those first couple steps are the biggest and most important ones that we can get to if we ever want the space to get better. So mm-hmm. that, that's the thing that needs to happen, too. Yeah, I I submitted a talk to AltConf, which is a concurrent conference to WWDC, which is the Apple Developer Conference. Yes. And so it was I, I think I called it it's something about like seven steps, seven ways you can start helping marginalized people is basically the gist of it. But I made it snappier. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, <laughs> doesn't sound quite so so mundane, but <laughs> um, but like I've been saying you know, since I started this podcast, the, the, the most important step toward anything is realizing, like realizing that you have some level of privilege, like Mm -hmm. everybody has some level of privilege, you know? Um, 
well, not literally everybody, but, <laughs> you know, it's like I, I'm a white woman, so I am disadvantaged because I am female, but I have a huge advantage just by nature of the color of my skin. Like right. that was a really difficult thing for me to come to terms with. Because, you know, I'm like, well, but I grew up poor and, right. you know, my family didn't have a lot of money and and um, and, you know, like I'm I'm the third person in my family to ever graduate from college. The first was my mom when mm -hmm. I was three. The second mm -hmm. was my older cousin. I was the third. And like we had disadvantages and it was really hard for me to realize, look, I still had it. I have a, an easier time now than a lot of people of color do. People of all colors do just because I'm white. Right. Like, I didn't I don't want to think that that like not because of anything I've ever done, you know, I have an advantage and it, it keeps large groups of people in disadvantaged positions like that's uncomfortable. Nobody right. wants to think about that, you know, and the same for, you know, like I have my hearing. I'm not hearing impaired. Um, my vision is horrible, but I put glasses or contacts in. I can see. And mm -hmm. that's really super uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And then the second step is being humble and figuring some of the stuff out and not yep. not being defensive about all of it, you know, mm -hmm. and. That is so hard. It's super hard. It's extremely hard. It was I had a really good conversation at work uh, actually ye uh, yesterday, which was Friday. Um, and it was interesting enough because you forget sometimes about your privileges and you forget that there are small parts that are always there that you're consistently trying to fight. If you're a person who's if you're a person who wants to be an ally. Like you said, you have to be humble, but you also have to know that you are steeped in all the things that you've been taught throughout your life and what society has kind of given you. Right. So I remember saying and this is this is a this is a triggering uh, phrase. So I apologize in advance, but I wanted to warn people uh, before before I say it was I was talking to uh, one of my my female coworkers and was talking about a style of a style of clothing. And I used a reference wife beater as in reference to a shirt. And she gave me a look and I immediately knew that I was wrong and apologized. And she said, you should say a shirt. And I said, you're absolutely right. Thank you for correcting me. And I'll, and I remember to not do that again, but I, re but I've, it's such an, uh, such a steeped thing in the way that I was taught that, that those two things go together that you will forget sometimes. Mm -hmm. But people, if you, if they care about you and they want to make the space better, they will correct you and you will accept that correction. Right. Yep. You'll take that correction and say, oh, crap, I messed up. I'm sorry about that. Let me not do that again. And you lose nothing by doing that. Mm -hmm. That's the beauty of being humble to a certain extent is you don't lose anything. There's a lot of pride that goes along with why can't I say that and why can't I do that? And you don't really lose anything by removing things out of your vernacular and, and removing uh, 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 things that you do out of your usual way of being, you don't lose anything. All you do is garner more, more support and more trust from the people who, who you need to ingratiate yourself with. So I, I appreciate that. It's, it's, it's good that we all are trying to do that. Mm -hmm. And it's totally necessary to make those steps real for the people who are aggrieved. So yeah, it's all, it's all, it's all a learning process. It's all a learning process. You know, an excellent example, an excellent and timely example of this is um, the Avengers press tour. <laughs> 
and it was was it i'm so bad at names it was jeremy renner and uh chris evans evans yeah, chris yeah. Evans. Yep. captain america and hawkeye right and they're on this press tour and um this is also going to have some like possibly triggering language not good for kids um is right. um they they said something i guess there's some kind of like black widow is uh interested or attracted to both captain america and hawkeye and a reporter asked these two actors who play these two male characters what they thought about it and i think it was renner said oh well black widow's a slut and chris right. evans started laughing and said yeah she's a total whore and and I'm, I'm like you know chris evans i i i like like i feel like he's um he just seems like a, a neat person. Like some of the stuff I've seen him doing, like with kids with cancer and, mm -hmm. and I, I'm like, wow, he's really, really neat. And he said that. And, you know, he, he became like two inches smaller in my, in my estimation. I was just right. like, oh, and then the apology came and the apology, Chris Evans, I thought offered a pretty good apology. Like, right. I shouldn't have said that, that, that was that was horrible. You know, I need to do better. And Renner's response was, I'm sorry if you were offended. Of I was like, right. wow, what an interesting contrast. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I think, you know, the, the interesting part about where we are right now in society, where we are in the social media space, where we are in the social justice space is a really interesting one. And I think we all need to kind of give ourselves a minute of pause when we, when we think about these kinds of incidences, right? Incidents. Uh, I think I just said that right. Maybe anyway, <laughs> we know what um, you, mean. you know what I mean? And again, look at that, look at that example of what Chris said, as opposed to what Jeremy said. And what I saw initially from most people on social media was before the apologies came was, Oh, now these dudes are blacklisted. These dudes are terrible. These are awful human beings. Why I'm never supporting the Avengers or anything that they do again. And then once the apology came, people kind of took a step back and said, okay, now we know where people, people's kind of quote unquote hearts lie. Right. And I think that's the important part to take away from these kinds of things is that no one is perfect. No one's perfect. If I if I'm being completely 100 percent honest, I have in my life said something that might have been in the in the vein of what they've said or laughed about one of the jokes that would have been in that vein. Mm -hmm. It doesn't make me a terrible human being. I may even fall into that now, even though I have all this. I'm doing all these things and have these wonderful people in my life who will correct me and tell me all these things. It's not that I'm doing it consciously, but you do sometimes fall back into Again, all those terrible things that we have been steeped in forever. Mm -hmm. But the ability to kind of have the nuance and say, I know who you are as a person through your acts and deeds throughout the course of your life, as opposed to the small snippets of what may happen in a, in a, in a moment. And I'm not forgiving them for saying it or, or laughing about it, but I think there needs to be, or hopefully there will be a version where the nuance comes from both ways, where the nuance comes from the people who are doing the terrible things and that they learn 
And then the reactions that go to them and towards them are nuanced as well, where you can give a person a little bit of grace if they've decided to correct the bad behavior that they've engaged in. Mm -hmm. If we do that, then everybody gets to learn. But if we don't, then people get shunned out and people get blacklisted and people get put into these holes where it's not reasonable for them to ever try to move themselves back towards a reasonable position. And that's what I see often is that folks, once they mess up, you're now you're you're dead to me, quote unquote, Mm -hmm. you're dead to me. And then no, 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 no good things can come from that from that uh, that teachable moment. I hate that term, but teachable (laughs) moment. And I think that that's a part of it. You know, once you learn that, then you can totally correct it if it's in you to correct it. Right. And we see Jeremy, it wasn't in him to correct it. No. So then now, now you know what to do with that information. You can make a reasonable decision about him as a person seeing how he did not make that correction. So I'm with you on that. I think I think it's an interesting, an interesting time to kind of be a part of this the zeitgeist of all these things. So, yeah, it's. um I am much more, I, I keep using the word humble and that might not be entirely accurate, but I, I am more humble than I used to be. Like I used to be very like, I don't know, defensive and not, not high strung, but like <laughs> I was, I was very reactionary, I guess. And I had a hard time stepping back. Um, and I've learned over time how to be to be more logical, you know, use my brain instead of my emotions more. Mm-hmm. Um, but even in this kind of the space of um, allyship and activism that I'm in, um, sometimes I feel myself pulling back because I'm afraid to to misspeak. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm afraid of um, speaking for other people um and having a backlash due to that like even even if i'm well-intentioned you know it's like um and i've seen this happen like so i i I talk about feminism a lot because i'm a woman and i i i'm aware of these issues and i can speak to them from like a first person's perspective but i see a lot of like well-intentioned men get um sometimes brutally shot down by by like my friends, my feminist friends, you know, <laughs> right. for like, don't speak for me. You know, I'm, I'm per- perfectly capable of speaking for myself and, you know, don't try to educate me. And, and so, um, so I kind of fear that. And, and so when it comes to like speaking up on, um, like LGBTQ issues or issues facing, you know, the, the, the black community is facing or other people mm-hmm. of color, um, I find myself listening a lot, but not saying a lot. Yeah, I'm 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 gun shy as well at this point when it comes to feminist issues. Um, and and it's not because I don't. Well, one, I I feel like I'm not um as informed as I could or should be about all the about all the things, and that's one a little bit hard to do because it's just it's just difficult. It's t- it's you want to, you want to be able to ask people questions, but you also don't want that backlash. So I'm not here to, to educate you. And I'm like, but I'm trying to learn. Mm-hmm. Like, and it's not that I'm telling you, I'm asking you for all the information, just point me in a good direction first. And then I can do the I can do the work on my own. But it's, it's a, again, it goes back to that conversation a little, a minute ago of, of how, how is the balance there between feeling like people are infringing upon your space and also 
the people who are already have who already have a lot of the the quote unquote powerpoints how how do they jump into a conversation some being really really interested in trying to make the space better mm-hmm. some being trolls but you can tell a troll when a or a person who is really trying to 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 kind of learn and 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 make 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 themselves open to the ideas that are being being put out there and i think it's a two way street it's like you have to come to it again we'll use that word humble because i think it does fit mm-hmm. Um, you have to come into it being humble and knowing that you may get shot down and you may get kind of turned away. It's just, what do you do after that? Do you stop doing that? Do you stop trying to be an ally? Do you, do you kind of reverse course and say, well, well, screw it. If you're not going to help me, then I don't need to deal with your, your business. I think, I think there's a, a lot of in between space in there where folks can on the teaching side, give a little, give a little grace and say, Hey, this is something that if you're really being honest about your feelings, then I can totally help you with that. Or we'll continue to have what we have now, which is this really, really like laser, laser sharp. I don't have time for this mm-hmm. kind of attitude, which is unfortunate, but it's reasonable. Like it's it doesn't come from nowhere. It comes from somewhere very, very deep and very, very um, profound. But it's also not helpful all the time. And it's it, it needs to, at least in my mind, be a little bit of a softening on all sides where people are saying, hey, we're in this together. We don't want to just focus on the negative parts. Let's try to focus on some of the positive parts. And then I'll give you the information that you need, but you have to be willing to actually take it. And then not once I give it to you, do the not all this, right. <laughs> you know, because that's where it, that's where it ends up a lot. And that's where that pullback comes from, from communities of color or marginalized communities to help is where, you know, the, the other people's like, well, I, I, I didn't do that. That's not who I am. But I'm like, you're missing the point. Yeah, that's not the point of why we're saying these things. So it's it's hard. It's really difficult. I've been shot down numerous times, you know, and I'm as pro woman as, as as you can possibly be. <laughs> yeah. You know, so it's hard. It's real hard. Yeah. And I have friends like who have sent me messages and they're just like, I'm I'm just going to start keeping my mouth shut. Like, obviously, mm-hmm. you know, I can't help in this situation. I'm just going to keep my mouth shut. And I'm like, no, like that is <laughs> that's the last thing we need. But I understand that it is such like it's such a fine line to walk. Mm hmm. And it's really individual, right? Like I could I could say something to person A that person B will will like read me out for. Right. And um and so like I t- I totally get, you know, like the people who want to help and who get burned not wanting to anymore. And mm-hmm. like I wish I had a good answer for that. Like just keep trying, you know, you'll learn, you'll learn the people that you can talk to and the people that you can't. Like I've had friends, I've had people who we were in the same communities online and we've had some falling outs and it's been random stuff. And I, and I, and I'm usually a person, you know, who, if I did something wrong, I will apologize. And I will say, I will take it on the chin, even sometimes to my own detriment when I'm not, when I'm maybe not wrong, but just to kind of ease things back into a way that we can start back at level zero, 
will 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 do that and you still get reamed out for it. So some people you just can't mess with like that and you just have to say, okay, you're over here. I'm over mm-hmm. here. We're working towards the same goal. We just can't do it together. Yeah. <laughs> and that's okay. Like, I think that's totally fine. We just have to figure out the, who those people are and then, you know. One person tells one person. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> but you, but we you play just telephone. To, and- you play telephone and talk dirty behind their back and subtweet. That's what you do. No, that's not what you don't do. Don't be like that. Yeah. Don't do, don't do that. Please don't do that. Yeah. And, and to be honest, we need different approaches, right? Like my, my approach to um, allyship is, is different from like Brianna Wu. Brianna, the way she approaches things a lot of the time, I completely disagree with, but I absolutely respect her in what she's right. trying to do. And it's just because we're we're very different people. She's she's very extroverted and plain spoken, and I am very mm-hmm. introverted and like I try to you know, I try to cushion things and like, how can I put this in a way that's not going to hurt your feelings? And she's very blunt and to the point, and that's just who she is. Right. And that's good. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, yeah, we need that. And that's the beauty of it is, you know, I, I it's interesting because I'm the kind of person who will try to the end to try to help you get to us, get to a place and like, all right, we're going to walk through this, through this scenario. We're going to walk through it together and we're going to get there. We're going to figure it out and we'll get there. And I have friends who am I who are like, you didn't get that first time. I have no words for you. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, that's so not helpful. Yeah. It's not helpful at all. But I've but I've even noticed it in you know, the, the guests on our show is we've had conversations with our white guests, with some of our white guests. We, I would have never, as a person who would have observed their work in in the past, have never heard them talk about race or, or, or feminism or sexism in a way that they totally felt comfortable on our show doing, which, which has been amazing. But it's also been one of those things where I'm like, if you're easy, if you can do this now, why haven't you been doing this already? Like, where is it? Why is it? Why is it now? And I, and I don't begrudge them for doing it because there is a level of comfort that you need to be able to do that. But but it also lets me know that if they're not able to do it during their jobs and in the public facing stuff, they are having these conversations behind the scenes, which is still as important. It's it it's it would be better if they could do some of that in the public space. But at least they're having those conversations at home and they're not they're not unaware of them they're not unaware of the issues that are that are going on so that's been a really interesting and good thing to see so you know allyship is is a part of again that two-way street that everyone has to kind of buy in to make it work Mm -hmm. and if they do then it's great then people can totally make steps and strides towards making things better and dope so yeah yeah and i know like there are some people who take issue with the term ally and i apologize but it's it's like a it's a, a term I think we can all understand what like we're, what we're trying to get at. Like and there's a difference. So I had I've had some conversations about like saying you're an ally versus actually being an ally. There's a huge <laughs> gulf there. Right. But, right. you know, your words and deeds mean things. Do absolutely. Them. Do those things. Absolutely. Uh, so one of the things we wanted to talk about just a little bit, and I'm hoping that I can get like a big panel together, maybe, I don't know, maybe some kind of less than or equal bonus episode or something where, um, where several, um, of us in the podcasting community, kind of the diversity space kind of talk about podcasting itself and how we get started. Cause I know I feel 
a non-zero number of questions about like, <laughs> how do you do podcast? And I'm like, well, <laughs> um, so I'd like to have like a big episode where there are several of us, you know, like four or five of us maybe offering different perspectives on it. But oh, yeah. um, I think you and I have both learned a lot in the last even just the last few months about oh podcasting. So what is your, like, it, when someone comes to you and says, you know, how do I podcast? Mm-hmm. <laughs> because that's generally how it comes. Um, I'm starting a podcast. What do I need to do? Like, what is your number one thing that you tell people? The first thing I tell them is you can totally do it. Because that's one of the first barriers to entry is, do you think that you can actually make it happen? Like physically make it happen? I was like, one, you can totally do it. That's the first step. Two, get yourself a decent microphone. It doesn't have to be expensive. The, the microphone that I have now, we, I just literally got a new microphone in the past month and a half. But the one that I was using prior to this one was a $50 microphone, mm-hmm. which was a $50 blue snowball microphone that sounds awesome. You can always tweak things in the back end through whatever program you're using. So that's the number two step. Um, the number three step that I that I kind of tell people is. Think about think about things that you want to talk about, but also think about why you like those things that you want to talk about, because it's really important, because I think the most interesting thing from podcasts that I like to listen to is hearing the folks when they talk that they're actually having fun. And that they're actually enjoying themselves and enjoying the company that they have. If they're not, if they're doing a, they're doing a podcast that's a guest or not a guest or they have a co-host, you have to really like the people that you work with. (laughs) It's like work, work, you know, it's like be interested in the people that you're talking to and be interested in the things that you're talking about. Because if you aren't and everyone can hear it, you can't fake enthusiasm. You know, like we had a couple of sleepy episodes and I was like, well, damn, we were tired that day, weren't we? <laughs> and for people were like, yeah, you were tired. You sounded, you sounded, you kind sounded of tired. Yeah. You sounded tired and people can hear it. They can hear when you really enjoy things. It's all those things are combined. So the, the, the first three steps are, are those. And the, and the biggest one after that is you're going to mess up. Mm-hmm. You're going to mess up a lot. Uh-huh. <laughs> you're going to screw things up a bunch. <laughs> I'm still screwing things up and we're like 60 episodes in. It's been a year and some change. I'm still screwing things up. So give yourself some grace. Give yourself some some time to think about things. The more you can plan in the beginning, the better your show will be in the in in the front end. Um, but yeah, give yourself a lot of room to to screw up because you're going to do it. Yeah. Yeah. And ask people who ask people who know, ask people who've doing it, who have done it. That's been a thing that I've been telling folks as well is like, you know, we, I had a, I had a goal. There was a thing at my job actually, where we had this, um, I work at idealist, idealist.org. Um, so it's a nonprofit job board, stuff like that. I didn't want to plug them on the show, but anyway, it's where I work. <laughs> um, and we had a thing where the, we talked about what's your idealist resolution. What are you going to do this year to make the world better? And I was like, I'm going to teach five people how to podcast. And I'm at four. Nice. So I have, I have one more that I have to teach how to podcast. So if you want to know, you can hit me up on Twitter and stuff, but <laughs> It's it's you can totally do it. It's not that hard. It takes 10 minutes to kind of get the, the basics down. And then throughout your time that you're actually doing it, you you'll get way better and better and better. So, yeah, I think the thing that surprised that has surprised me the most about less than or equal is how much better it is now than it was when I started. Isn't it amazing? Yeah, it's so good, isn't it? It's just and it, it's such a. I think that something that I am prone to, and I think a lot of people are prone to just because of, <laughs> of the people I know, we tend to be kind of 
more on the perfectionist side of things. <laughs> and so I'm, I'm horrible. I'm so bad. And so I'm like, all right, well, I can't, um, I'm not, I'm not going to write a blog post about this because I don't have two hours to sit down and write <laughs> and make it perfect. Right. Yeah, yep. Like That's me too. Yeah. 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 And so I'm sitting here, you know, and I was like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to start a podcast and, and it's going to be amazing from the beginning and like, because that's the only thing I can do. Like I can only do it if it's going to be amazing, yep. you know? And so I did my first episode. I'm like, yeah, this is pretty good. And now I listen to that first ed- episode and I'm like, <laughs> no, no, that was awful. What the heck were you thinking? But like iterating, um, my, my husband's friend, Sean McCabe talks about iterating in public. Don't be afraid to, um, to do things publicly and share mm-hmm. your journey as you're growing with everybody. Oh yeah. Like who, who would you say was your inspiration for doing your show? Like if there was a show that you listened to that let you know, Hey, I can possibly do this. You know, that's hard for me to answer because I've been, I've been listening to podcasts for so long Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I listened to five by five since the early days when, when they had like two or three episodes or two or three shows, you know, mm-hmm. I've, um, so I don't necessarily know that there's a show that showed me I could do it, but it definitely set a standard that I felt like I needed to reach. Absolutely. Yep. Um, and that's why I've been so like obsessed with sound quality and like, <laughs> mm-hmm. I finally, I finally caved and spent. Three hundred and I'll just tell everybody I spent three hundred and fifty dollars on the mic I'm using today. This is the first time I've used this mic because I was like, "This my sound quality isn't up to what I want it to be." And we've tried different mics. We built mm-hmm. like a fort in my office, and you know, like, but I'm not saying I'm not <laughs> saying anyone needs to go out and buy a three hundred fifty dollar mic. I was using a Blue Yeti, um, and then then another mic, another fifty dollar mic, up until I got this one. You know, you can definitely do it. But yeah, I definitely had had high standards for quality and still do. Um, yeah. yeah. But yeah. What about you? Is there a show that you, that made you think that you could definitely do this? Oh man. Um, sheesh. Like it's in the same vein, right? Where I was listening to stuff for a long time. I was an old fan of oneup.com, which was an old gaming site and they had a podcast called one up yours. That was, that was oh, there. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like one up yours cool. and weekend then weekend confirmed with, uh, Jeff Kanata and, uh, Garnet Lee. And then, and then I think the one that actually kind of sparked it really, like I was a big listener for a while, but then once I heard the folks over at this week in blackness with Elon James white and, and those, and those folks and hearing the, hearing the, the, the kind of growing pains that they went through. Cause at first their show was, it was really good on content, but their sound quality was terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, they had really crappy sound quality and I was like excited to listen to, but I was always as that same perfectionist. It's like, this is really annoying me. Right. <laughs> I'm so annoyed that you guys have such crappy quality right now. And now if you listen to their show, their show was amazing. Like they have great quality. They have great, great content. Um, but I knew going into it that it, you know, when we first started, that was a, a really big thing for me. I was like, we're not going to have a crappy sounding show in the beginning. And I've only learned in the past 40, you know, like 30 shows how to get a decent sounding show. And I think our show sounds good. I think our show could sound better, but it's, it, it's, it's, it's gotten 
leaps and bounds better than that first show, you know? Yeah. That first show was awful. <laughs> I'm like, Dave Fenoy hates me. And I was like, why does it I was like, I was like, Dave Fenoy is going to hate me. And the funny thing was, we were like hoping so hard that he would like help to promote it. And he never did. Uh, and I was like, it's probably because our sound quality was poopy because he had like such a dope studio. He has a studio in his well, house. He's, yeah, I was going to say a voice actor. Yeah. And I was like, he hears this crappy thing of me messing up and recording through my laptop <laughs> microphone in, in, in accident. So, oh, yeah. I did that. Yeah. Oh, I did yep. that. And that's uh, the thing, right? Like you'll learn that. You'll learn yeah. to do that as a part of your checks before you start. Yep. Am I recording through the right microphone? <laughs> like, uh-huh. Yeah, I guess so. So, yeah. That, that was the shows. Those were the shows that really started it for me was was uh, Twib and all those one-up shows and all that stuff. Yeah. And I so one of my favorite podcasts is um, the Accidental Tech Podcast, ATP. Oh, yeah. Um, and I've been, you know, I've listened to, so Marco Arment and John Syracuse both had, um, shows on the five by five network previous to this, and then Mm -hmm. they started it and, but they've always had excellent sound quality and it sounds really good. And they're always trying, or at least Marco is always trying to make it sound better. Right. And, and that's something that's like, oh yeah, like always, I, I guess with everything, like always strive to improve, not just your sound quality, but like everything. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. Because if you're not doing better in life, what are you doing? <laughs> I agree. I agree. Like I listened to and I guess one other person would be Leo Laporte who mm-hmm. runs to runs Twit. Oh, my God. Like I was such a huge screensavers fan and all that stuff, which is coming back. Yay. Um, But like his stuff from the beginning, I was like, oh, my gosh, if I could just sound like that. Like, I feel like I need a podcasting mentor. And that's the thing. Like, <laughs> we've been doing it for over a year and some change. But we I'm sure we both could probably say that we would love a podcast mentor to, like, kind of go through it a little bit. And, like, the small things that we find problematic in our own shows. Mm-hmm. I was like, how can I tweak that? How can I make that better? How can I fix that one small thing? So it's all that stuff. It all, it all comes. Yeah. So I guess, really, I think the theme of this episode is is be humble and ask questions about, like, everything. <laughs> right? <laughs> you can't go wrong with that yeah that's, you totally can't that's not a bad life lesson at all nope um so what does your setup look like right now how do you currently record oh man so in the <laughs> in the lap of luxury in which i in which i live <laughs> i'm sure my wife is going to be happy when i actually have a proper setup but i'm really recording this at my kitchen table in my house okay this is a kitchen table setup with uh just a boom mic uh set up clamped to my table my laptop to the to the right of me and then everything just works like that i wish i had it was interesting i was looking at somebody today and they had a really awesome like sound foamed booth in their house oh they they had an extra room and they like made something with some plywood and stuff and i was like that's awesome there's no way for the hell i can do that (laughs) but it's awesome (laughs) i wish i could um yeah it's simple right now i'm hoping to find a better setup um and it's been weird because I've actually been starting to tape at work. So I'll bring my I'll bring my microphone to work with me and then tape there because they have some pretty decent um, Internet there. So I'll do that. And it's like a really quiet room in there. So it's like I'll do that sometimes when I have to record earlier in the day. The hardest part is finding guests mm-hmm. uh, when you're on the when you're on the West Coast and they're on the East Coast. And most of our guests have been East Coast. So they have to record fairly late if they want to rock with us. So that part is really hard. 
Yeah, I, um, I'm fortunate because I work from home and I have a really flexible schedule um, mm -hmm. in that I don't have a schedule. Like as long as I'm, as long as I put the hours in, like it's fine. So, um, doing guest recordings has been really easy for me, but finding mm -hmm. guests can be really hard. Um, you know, I've tried people email me and say, Hey, I'd really like it if you'd get so-and-so on the show. And I'd be like, great. And I'll email and I'll never hear back. Like those have very rarely worked out for me. Mm -hmm. It's when a, a listener is like, Oh, Hey, I know this person and think they'd make a really great guest for the show. Let me introduce you or yes. let me provide an email introduction that yes. that's worked out nearly 100% of the time. So, um, like if listeners want, want to know how to support the show, like if you can get us actually in touch with someone that's that's number one, because those those cold calls like I try for I try for all y'all, but it just does. They don't work <laughs> out. They don't. I, you know what the weird thing has been? And we've been extremely lucky. We've had some fairly big guests on our show early on, and it's been semi consistent. So we're you know, it's, this is not a pat on the back at all, because this is honestly luck and a little bit of grind. But social media is your friend, yeah. is your friend, is your friend. If you follow people on Twitter, you know, shout at them. And, and that's been a that's been a thing that we've kind of learned. And I guess as a, as a tip for folks who are starting out um, and it's only and we can only say this only because it's kind of worked is just follow people, shout them out on, on Twitter, shout them out on social media. But be honest about it. Like the, the, the funny thing is like random people who we've gotten have been folks who we've kind of known about their work and been able to talk about them in a, in a, in a good way and in, in, in a nuanced and kind of smart way. I don't really shout people out. And this is the thing that we tell people, we don't, we don't have people on the show who we don't think are already dope. Mm -hmm. So it's like, if I think you're dope and you, and you're a guest on our show, like that's the reason why you're a guest on our show is because you do really cool stuff and we want to talk to you. So use social media, social media is absolutely your best friend. You can get so much good, um, uh, good lead-ins and, and, and good, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I can't think of it. My brain just froze. Um, but anywho, yeah, you yeah. Can use it. Yeah. Yeah. I need to get better about the social media part. I rely very heavily on my personal account. I use mm -hmm. it all the time, but I try to keep the less than or equal account pretty low volume because I don't mm -hmm. want it to be like a burden for people following it. So, um, yeah. I don't know, I guess listeners can let me know what they think. Um, <laughs> Like, do you want to hear more from the less than or evil account? Because, um, <laughs> like, I don't know. I just try to keep it low volume, but um, I think that there's definitely some, some, some listener engagement that I could, I could be definitely better at. And people love your show, so yeah, do it, do it. You know, I've been, <laughs> I've been so thrilled. I have the best listeners. Like, I really mm -hmm. do, and um, it's just been a joy. Honestly, I, I'm. My show is small enough at this point where I'm like under the radar of the haters, mm -hmm. <laughs> but it's big <laughs> enough that like I've met some really neat people, you know, who haven't been on the show, but they're just really, really cool people who are interested in, um, you know, the things that this that this show is all about, like helping helping marginalized people, learning about their projects. And um like honestly, I, I couldn't I couldn't ask for better people to listen. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm so thrilled. Cool. I'm just so happy. I love it's okay. I love everybody. Uh, 
So I hate to say it, but we're getting pretty close to an hour. Yep. That, uh, that was quick. I know. So I need that to. That was so fast. I know. And we didn't even like touch on a lot. So um, I definitely would love to have you back on. Um, that would be amazing. Because you're awesome. Oh, oh stop it. Oh, Don't you, you are. Blush. Oh, but no. Um, you know, and we talk offline, you know, not not a lot, but we talk and I I always appreciate what you have to say. So I'm um, I'm, I'm super thrilled that we were able to make this happen, that you were able to, to help me out when I didn't have a guest for the week. So <laughs> what we'll do is we'll have you on and then we can make it happen again. OK. And it'll be awesome. Okay. So this is the official good. invite crew. OK, so just <laughs> let me know when I'll be there. All right, cool. Um, So how can people find you online? Uh, so if you want to follow us and our craziness that we do every week, um, you can follow our Twitter accounts at Spawn on me. Uh, that's the show account at Kajakins, K-A-H-J-H-K-I-N-S. That's my personal account. Um, you can also follow our co-host, Mr. Stubby Stan, <laughs> uh, at Stubby Stan on Twitter. Um, and if you want to hear the show, you can listen to us on iTunes, Stitcher, uh, on our home base of ESN.FM. Uh, you can hear us there as well every week. And on our website, theswellpointblog.com, you can go there. We have a, a tab there. We're trying to possibly move away from the site, so get it while you can there. We're going <laughs> to hopefully move on to another another domain and another site uh, soon. But for now, that's a, those are all the awesome places you can find us. Link us, link us to the Facebook pages and, and all that other good stuff. So you can find all that there as well. Okay. And something we didn't touch on that I wanted to bring up is right now you are um, – you have a bit of an ask going on as you're trying to upgrade your equipment. You want to talk about that for just a minute? Yeah, that would be awesome. Thank you for, for letting us do that. Is um yeah, so we're we're trying to do our big ask. Uh and our big ask is, you know, for the lifetime of our show, however long that may run, we expect that to run for us for multiple years, because hopefully I will also have lots of things to say. <laughs> um but most people they will do for the for the time being, they'll do a Patreon or they'll do uh they'll do a, a quick ask for funds. Um, we're trying to do a big, a big ask once, uh, up front. So we have a goal of $6,000 that would basically carry us through the lifetime of our show. That would be, uh, our ability to, to buy a couple of gaming PCs so we can actually do some PC game coverage. Cause right now it's a big hole in what we're able to talk about since we, neither one of us have PCs that can game that we can game on. Um, that'll also help us with funds to get to cons that'll help us with hopefully getting our new website built and designed. Uh, there's a bunch of small things in between there that we can help, uh, on the equipment side, getting funds for. So if you would love to possibly donate, you can do that at tinyurl.com slash som future so that's som as in spawn on me future um and please if you have extra funds lying around and you want to help uh our show do 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 more and bigger and better things like our our social justice platform spawn for good that we did uh early in july this year um then please by all means uh we would love to have uh you come and support us so that we can support the community in the way that we have been hopefully can in the future so thanks again for that and for folks who have already donated you guys rock you guys are awesome thank you so much yay all right (laughs) um 
All right. You can find the show on Twitter at less than or equal. If you have feedback, suggestions for guests, or would like to be a guest, please go to less than or equal.com and fill out the contact form. If you have a few minutes, I would really appreciate it if you could leave a review or even a star rating on iTunes. We also have a Patreon. You can find it at patreon.com slash Aline. Um, we'll have, we've reached our bonus episode tier. So I'll start bonus episodes um, in early to mid May. Um, and that'll be like a, a pop culture show of some sort. So the first thing that we're, we're going to talk about is uh, The Princess Bride um, with uh, three or four other people. So be looking out for that. Thank you all so much for listening. Until next time on an internet near you, I'm Aline Sims for Less Than or Equal.